So every year we come together at our harvest lunch. Uh, previously it was a dinner, but these have been going on for over 40 years. And uh, this is a really, really special time where we come together. And, and honestly, this is the first one that I have ever been a part of where you are not going to give any money or any cash today. But don't get me wrong, we are going to talk about money. Um, but there will be no pressure at all in any way, shape, or form for you to have to give anything. What actually we love to do when we come together is we get to raise money for some kind of project inside or outside of the church. And in recent years, we were able to come, come together and cast some vision for the church and what God is doing um, at Village Church. So last year, we were able to raise about $50,000 to launch Village Church East, which is doing great. And because of your sacrifice, because of a meal like this, um, we were able to fund a brand new church. And it's been incredible to watch what God has done over Village Church East. Uh, so this, this, uh, this is not morning. Do you guys keep saying good morning to each other, by the way? Good afternoon, good evening, whatever this is. Uh, what we're going to do is something a little bit different. Uh, I want to just share with you personally a little bit of my my heart um, at Village Church, and uh, I walked through the doors of Village Church in 2001 for the first time. And I grew up in the megachurch, a uh, completely different experience. Before coming to Village Church, I had worked for the microchurch, small little church of 40, 50, 60 people. Um, but when I, when I came to Village Church, it was, like any, it was unlike any um, church I'd ever experienced. Uh, there was something incredibly unique and attractive about the family that I found here. Uh, at the time, I was 21 years old, and I did not realize how much went into making Village Church such a special place. Uh, there's no way that I could have known the countless hours of prayer that had been lifted up before the Lord in behalf of these people and the mission that God has given us as a church. I could never have known at 21 years old, walking to Village Church, the countless number of eternities changed, marriages saved, marriages created, kids born, people who had the privilege to hear the gospel for the very, very first time, the amount of kids who came with their friends to hear about the word of God in Awana. I could never have known the countless hours of Bible study, prayer meetings, Sunday schools, worship services, prayer services that all went into Village Church. I could have never known the countless hours of building, fixing, renovating, decorating, the list goes on and on and on. I could have never ever have known the literally millions and millions and millions of dollars that were sacrificially given over decades to really help build, not just a building, but the culture and the people of Village Church. But I do know something now. I do know something now that I've learned since being here for 16 years now, that literally thousands of people have sacrificed and they have given and they have labored and they have prayed and it together has created what we now know and love so dearly as the Village Church. Men and women, students and children, many of whom I have never met and I will never meet, many of whom have gone to be with the Lord, they sacrificed to build something beyond themselves. And they blessed people whom they would never meet. So, sorry, personally, personally I am indebted to the thousands of people who came before me at Village Church 
It has been one of the greatest joys of my life to call this my church home. Uh, I really, I look forward to the day when we get to send off my kids um, somewhere wherever the Lord might have them. And as a family, we get to be a part of raising them together and seeing what the Lord might have for them. Um, I and my family dearly, dearly love Village Church. And I've learned with every new year that I've been here um, that what we are so privileged to experience was built for us by some incredibly special people. We've each, all of us, we've inherited a culture, we have inherited a community, and we have inherited a facility that for the most part in this room, we did not build. It was built for us. And we walked into this community and we have had the joy of having our lives changed because of the faithfulness of so many people for decades before us who served and they gave. So Village Church has always been scrappy, right? Um, we save a lot. We don't like to spend a lot of money. We, we, we like to build our buildings on our own, do we not? Uh, Gary Wall laid half the bricks of our current building. Mark Starzak has had his hand in almost every single literally square inch of our building. I mean, could you just do me a favor? If you had any part of building our current facility, 1987, 1988, would you just raise your hand? There's a few of you here. Be bold. Like, yep. Awesome. And that's about 5%. And a lot of those people you will never meet. And they worked and they gave and they labored and they sacrificed. And I want you to hear me. Village Church was planted 45 years ago by seven families who generously gave their time and their talents and their treasures. And I need you to hear me because I think the future of our church will be contingent on you getting this. They did not do this for themselves. They did this for people that they would never meet. They did this for people that they didn't even know their first names. They'd never even seen their faces. They did this for kids like me and grandkids and great-grandkids who weren't even yet to be born. They did this for people who had never met Village Church. They did this for people who had never met Jesus Christ. They did this for people who did not have a church home. And they did it because they were able to look past themselves. And they weren't just trying to build a church that made them happy and made their life easy. They built to bless the future. So every Sunday, and I mean every single Sunday, people whom we have never, ever met names that we have never heard before, faces we have never seen, every single Sunday are walking through our doors. And they don't even know what they're walking into. They are literally in these moments receiving the residual blessing of 45 years of labor and prayer and faithfulness and culture building and community engagement and gospel proclamation and word preaching and community groups and ABFs and Sunday schools and all the things of the past. Uh, they are literally coming into something and they have no idea the weight and the work and the value and how, the, and how precious it is of the thing that they're walking into. So here's the deal. When you're a family, you put up with imperfections, right? right? Just look at your spouse. <laughs> look at your kids. In your family, you put up with imperfections. You put up with the imperfections of your facility. You put up with, your, with the imperfections of your ministry. And if we could kind of just freeze Village Church right here forever, we could all deal with incredibly small foyers. Sorry, introverts. We could deal with parking lots that are full. We could deal with this stuff because that's what family does. We deal with limited resources. But we are not a static family. Village Church, we are a growing 
family, which is exactly what the Lord wants for churches. He wants them to see people come to faith in Jesus Christ. When people move from a different city, they need to find a home church, and we love putting our arms around them and saying, come home. When people have been wounded and hurt and devastated by their local church experience, Village Church has had our, our arms wide open for them to say, come and heal here and recover and be a part of a church family that will love you. We have grown, I don't know if you know this, every single year for nine years straight. And for the last three years, we've grown by over 20%. 5% a lot. Most large churches would give anything to have a 20% growth rate. And we, it has been an incredible privilege to steward this and to love people and care for people. On the front lines, I get to see who's walking in. And, and it's interesting because there seems to be, uh, the new people seem to be divvied up into a couple groups. There are a handful of people coming and they've never been to church before. They don't know much about the Bible. Many of them are just moving into our community. They're just having kids for the first time. And they know there's something inside of them that says, um, we want our kids to be in church. And so they're coming into our building. There are people who are relocating. Bartlett has an incredible turnover right now where new families are moving in on a regular basis and many of those are families with kids and so we have people who have been faithful churchgoers for their entire lives and they're moving into Bartlett and they are finding Village Church as their home and we also have a whole other group of people who have been really hurt and very devastated by their local church experiences and they're coming in and they're finding healing and they're finding a church home here this is a really special and privileged time and as elders at the Village Church we take very very seriously what God is allowing us to steward, which is all just a reminder that our culture and our ministry and our building, they're actually at the end of the day not for us. They have to transcend us. It is for people also who have yet to meet Jesus Christ. It's for people who have yet to find their church home. It's for people who are aimlessly wandering right now and they are trying to figure out how to get whole and heal after what they experienced in the evangelical churches they were attending. It's for those who need a home. And this is our privilege to open up our doors to them. And they are coming week in and week out. And so we want to build a church. We want to continue to build a church that has arms wide open to love them and to care for them, whether they are brand new Christians, not Christians, or they just need a lot of TLC. We want to continue to build a church that's able to love them and care for them and put our arms around them. We want to continue to build a church that preaches the word of God, that proclaims the gospel, that gives people the opportunity to grow in their faith and to become disciples who grow, grow, and overcome. I don't know about you, but I want to build a church for my grandkids. I want to build a church for our great-grandkids, for the kids that are yet to even be born. And there's a handful of you here who are pregnant. There's some of you who are pregnant. You don't even know it yet, right? Praise God. And there's more to come. And this is a beautiful experience, and we have the opportunity to do this. So I want to share with you how we got... To where we're at. In 2015, uh, the elders commissioned a team called the A-Team. The A-Team stood for the advisory team, and it was seven men and women who loved Jesus, who loved the village church, and had a vision for what this place could be. Uh, they came back with incredible fee feedback, and it has really guided our course over the last two and a half years. They looked at growth trajectories, our values, our culture, our needs, and the needs of those yet to trust in Christ. And because of what they did, by the way, because of their feedback, we've renovated our AV system, our foyer, we've renovated our sanctuary, and we have gone through our building to try to make it as hospitable and non-distracting as humanly possible. But they were really clear with us, and I need to be clear with you, we've said this over the last couple years, sooner than later, something is going to have to change, and we're going to have to make some big moves. And so Village Church, we are really 
officially there. So I want to share with you a few of our challenges. You can look to the screen and you can see these challenges. Three, three big challenges that are in front of us that we as elders take it as our privilege to steward these. Uh, number one is, is growth. We've already talked about uh, the regular growth that we're seeing, and this doesn't seem to be lightening up. Number two is facility limitations. Um, right now, just so we're clear on numbers, we're not a megachurch, nor has that ever been our aim, nor is that our aim. We have about 600 to 650 people who call Village Church their home, who attend between one and four times per month. On any average Sunday, we're going to have between 400 and 450 people at our Bartlett campus. And so what we did is we renovated our sanctuary so that our sanctuary, um, along with our children's ministry, could handle a weekly attendance of about seven to 800 people. Here's the problem. This past week, somebody comes up and says, I got the last parking spot left, right? That's a problem when, when you're building your sanctuary to accommodate three or 400 people more than that. Um, how many of you have been in our foyer recently? How do you feel about that? Any introverts in the room? Can I get a hand raised here? Introverts, yeah? How do you like our foyer? You avoid it like the plague, don't you? <laughs> Here's the deal. Um, our sanctuary is built for a church now, seven to 800, along with our children's ministry wing. But our foyer is built for a church of about 200 people. And our parking lot is built for a church of about 350 people. And so already we're experiencing pressure on these ends, and I don't really want to know how many people have come to the church and then turned away because they had nowhere to park, because they walk into a foyer, and it is literally one of the most oppressive, non-hospitable environments for people who are introverts, who are new to church, who are trying to get their head around things, who kind of just want to walk in and like observe for a little bit. And so there's some big changes that, that we really need to make. Here's the third challenge. This, this has been a larger vision um, that the Lord has put and our hearts as elders, um, that we would love to be able to continue to plant two to 400 person community churches. We believe that this is just such a sweet spot of a number where people can be cared for really, really well and they can have the resources they need to do some really amazing ministry. And so one of our desires is to continue to look beyond ourselves and see uh, if we can continue to plant and build other churches that have village church DNA and doctrine and culture. And so effective today, um, we are going to be launching a building campaign, and it's going to be called Building to Bless the Future, uh, because there are incredible needs that are coming upon us, and we have always tried to get in front of these. We've always tried to be prayerful and to go before the Lord and say, Lord, we don't want to move too fast. We don't want to be too hasty, and the burden on us as elders is strong that things are going to continue to go this way, and we want to be incredible stewards, and we don't want to say no to a single person who walks through our doors. We want our environment to be one that is loving, conducive to ministry, and able to serve people. So let's talk about our options with our current facility. You ready? You guys a little nervous about this? Yeah? All right, I am. So number one, we asked, what do we absolutely need to scale to seven or 800 people on a Sunday morning between two services. What are the bare, bare minimums that we need? Number one, gutted and expanded parking lot. Can I get an amen? Yeah. <laughs> Praise the <laughs> Lord. That's an American. All right. Number two, an expanded foyer. Preach, Michael. Come on. Let's go. <laughs> I don't know why those were not. It's like, it's like nobody listens to my sermons. I'm like, come on. Number three, a revamped sanctuary, which is already finished. We've already done that, so anything we talk about has nothing to do with that. And then number two, we ask this. On top of this, these are the bare minimums. These are the things that we need to do. 
What would we love to have that would amplify our current ministry, that would give us more space to do more things? Here's what we said. These are just, by the way, about 50% of the ideas that we have. To build a new multi-purpose room for our growing student ministries, also that would function as a multi-purpose room event where we could have different Bible studies, larger than the 601, smaller than the gym. Expand our children's wing to facilitate 300 kids on a Monday night for Awana. Restructure our office wing to create a new south wing foyer and entrance off of Devon. Six multi-purpose offices used for our growing staff and our community groups, renovated kids' classrooms in the gym with insulation, which, by the way, if you work back there, you hear everything happening in the gym because it's not insulated. New doors, a complete facelift. Not talking about the inside uh, mural. I'm talking about inside all the classrooms there. Outdoor patio space near our foyers for people to connect seven to eight months out of a year. Lighten the burden of our foyer needs. Larger outdoor storage. If you've ever seen our outdoor storage unit right now, it's not doing well. Um, <laughs> New Village Church signage. We have our logo from seven years ago on our current sign, but we've been too cheap to, to go build a new sign. So all of this we thought was really doable. And so we've been working with Shales McNutt. John Shales is one of the elders of the church, and he owns a construction company that has worked with multiple churches and government agencies, and they do this stuff for a living. And we, so we sat down with John, and we said, let's, let's start pricing this stuff out. And we came to this awesome number uh, that did not thrill any of us. That number is $2.2 million. Anybody stressed right now? That stressed me out a little bit. So John Tuck's like, I'll write the check right now. What do you want? Right? <laughs> I want to thank Thriving Financial <laughs> for their generous support. So, but, but in, all, in all honesty, as elders, we looked at this number and we said, no way. Not a chance. This is not lack of faith. We just sensed this is not the direction the Lord wanted us to go. So we want to be better stewards. So then we asked the following question. Okay, can we restructure our current ministries and rethink our current building layout to accommodate our growing church? Could we retrofit? This is a lot cheaper. Could we retrofit Village Church to accommodate our Sunday morning sanctuary foyer parking lot needs to accommodate seven to 800 people in two services. Next, could we accommodate Village Church? Could we retrofit it uh, to accommodate classroom space on a Sunday morning for, by the way, a new junior high Sunday school that's starting, a new fifth and sixth grade program that's gonna be starting here in the next year, and also, God willing, a new senior high Sunday school for your high school students. Adult classes and modules on Sunday morning, 300 kids on a Monday night for Awana. I don't know about you, but I hate turning kids away because we don't have space. It just irks me. And so, but this is a reality. We turn kids away at VBS. We turn kids away at Awana. We don't want to do that. And here's the clincher. We want to do all of this and not add a single square foot to our building. Not an ounce. You might ask why. To break ground is about $400,000 for the base cost. So we said, can we just put the idea of, of expanding our current facility, and, and can we retrofit our current facility to accommodate all of these things and not add one square inch to our church's facilities? And the answer is, we believe absolutely yes. If you are willing to do two things. Number one, are you willing to save a million dollars? Anyone? That's not an excited yes, okay? People. Number one. But number two, if everyone, and I mean everyone, and I mean everyone, is willing to adjust to a new multi-purpose normal 
for every square inch of our church. That includes our sanctuary, our foyer, my office, Tim's offices, everyone's office. Is everyone from the staff down to every one of our ministry leaders, ministry directors, Awana leaders, are we willing to go back to the drawing board and rethink how we do everything so that we can best steward every single penny that we need to build into the future? We believe the answer is yes. So we have five building values that guide our vision. And I want you to hear these because these are things that are very near and dear to our heart. Value number one, stay. We, as a group of elders, we are all in at 601 West Barley Road. Uh, we are committed to this property. If we exceed seven to 800 people on a Sunday morning, we will explore expansion upwards and outwards in our current property as well as, as accelerating our church planting efforts. But I want you to hear me. Uh, the elders, we, we don't envision a future where 601 West Bartlett is not a part of our church and central to who we are and what we're doing. Number two, second value, minimal debt. Our aim is to renovate, it's to retrofit as money is given and pledged to address our most pressing needs. We have watched over the last 20 years evangelical churches tank themselves from unnecessary debt. And our job is to never go down that route. Right now we are debt free and we praise God for that. And we wanna make sure that we continue, hear me out that we continue to make sure that we don't ever put ourselves in a debt crisis. And so there are options that we have, and our desire, though, is that we would move into the future very simply based on your generosity, your giving, and the pledges that you have, and we'll follow suit as generosity comes in. That's our desire. Uh, we want to keep you up to speed on all of our thoughts, uh, but that's where we're at right now. Number three is scalable. We want to scale our facilities to worship seven to 800 people, not 7,800, 7 to 800 people on a Sunday morning in two services, but also give the leverage to grow up and out if needed. Number four, efficient and multi-purpose. To make the most of our current facility and steward finance as well, our aim is to make every room and every space multi-purposes from offices to our sanctuary to our foyer. And finally, number five, and this is the one that for me personally is the most important, non-manipulative. There are many, many ways for churches to raise money. And if I got up in front of you, I mean, before I'm your pastor, I'm your brother. I've said this a thousand times to you, and that is true. We, many of us, we hang out all the time. We are good friends. And the last thing that you need to see from me is manipulating people to give money. That is not the way I ever want to do it. We are a family, and families don't manipulate. I could get up and say, we're not leaving this room until we get five $20,000 gifts. I could do all that. We could, all of the elders, we were just like, that's, that is not the way Village Church needs to do things, and we don't want to, to move into the future like that. Here's what I want to do. I want to cast a vision. I want to tell you what it is. I want to tell you what we think it's going to cost. I want to tell you how we're going to do it. And then what I want you to do is I want you to go home I want you to pray. I want you to fast. I want you to go before the Lord and ask him what he wants you to do. What we've seen is that whenever we have come before you with a need, we have done it this way every time. And the Lord has always graciously provided what we have needed as a church. We don't want to strong arm you, which is why there will be nothing collected today having to do with pledges or having to do with giving, because we believe you need more time to go and pray, because today we're going to process a lot here in just a moment. So I'd like to share with you four phases. Uh, the first pic that you're going to see is a picture of our current building. And uh, right here, you can just see the insides. This is how things are laid out right now. Uh, the next picture I want to show you now is going is to pan out. 
And what you can see here is our current property. This is our building with our parking lot. Uh, phase one is going to uh, primarily happen outside of our building in the parking lot. And the cost of phase one is going to be roughly $450,000. I want to tell you what this means. It means that we literally tear out every square inch of our parking lot and throw it away. <laughs> we start all over and we build a brand new expanded parking lot that will allow us to facilitate a lot more cars than we do now. And the parking lot that we're looking to build won't be the final expansion of it, but it's a scalable approach to a parking lot. So we don't have to invest all of our money in parking right now. We want to cover some of that need. We want to expand what we're doing right now, as well as going back to the drawing board with our elders, with our staff, and with our worship uh, musicians to park off-site, maybe around the corner or at Claire Oaks, to free up more parking space. Because what we don't want to do is just start throwing money and building something that is more than we need right now. Uh, this would also mean our outdoor storage would have to be taken down, and um, that will be redone. I want to show you this next picture. Um, which uh, shows you right here, there's the expanded parking. Um, you can see that on the east side of the building. And um, am I looking at the right thing? Yeah. All right, good. Um, the next part of this, which is where some of the major cost comes in, is building an entrance off of Devon. And when you build an entrance off of Devon, not only do you have to remove that um, storage unit, because you'd be looking right at the back of it when you come in, um, we're going to build a bigger one that actually is much more nice and fits maybe with our property better. So there'll be a new entrance off of Devon. If you look at the Bartlett side of things, on the west entrance of the Bartlett Road side, uh, that is going to be closed off. Um, that will give us a lot more options and uh, a lot safer for people as well. And so uh, this is one of the first things that we need to do. We have to get this going because after this winter is done, our already shredded parking lot is going to be obliterated. We actually had somebody say to us, this is hilarious, uh, your parking lot makes your church look like a closed-down Kmart. <laughs> yeah, feel that one. Okay, good. <laughs> Uh, this also includes signage at both entrances. Signage, by the way, is not cheap, but uh, we need to put some new signage, move the first sign that you see completely over to the other side where that will be and redo that completely. And the cost of this will be about $450,000. Phase two, children's wing. We were tempted to put our foyer space second, but we just absolutely believe in investing in our kids' ministry, and this is one of our highest priorities when we look inside of our building. The cost from this would be about $175,000, and I, I want to just share with you, I need you to get with me here, we're not going to touch the mural and the gym, but inside all of the classrooms, every one of them need to be completely gutted. Um, there is no insulation in there, the drywall has been abused, all of the doors, the trim, etc. All of it needs to be completely redone. New carpeting all the way across, new ceilings, AV integration, the electrical, the list goes on and on. We want to go through and gut the entire children's wing and then rebuild it from the ground up with AV integration, furnishing, etc. Move into the foyer as well, make that as up to date as possible. Um, not only that, but what we want to do is build an outdoor patio right outside of the children's wing entrance uh, because that section will be closed off the entrance there. They'll be a lot safer. And uh, we'd love to build a place that seven, eight months out of the year our kids can use, that people can use. We can have meetings there. We can have Bible studies there. Just a really beautiful way to beautify our property and also create more spaces that actually don't add square footage to our building. Uh, originally, we wanted to expand that foyer and make it builder, uh, bigger, but that just costs a lot more money. We weren't interested in doing that. Uh, don't worry, all the phases get cheaper from here on out. Uh, 
Phase three, we need to open up our foyer. Uh, here's our plan. Uh, we want to take out the front main office right now, take out Pastor Tim's office, take out the counseling office, and reshuffle all of our offices and classrooms as we understand them. Part of this would also include uh, new doors that enter into the sanctuary that are soundproof or at least sound resistant so that when all y'all who can't stop talking during the middle of my sermons, they're like, shush, then that way... Hopefully you can just be as loud as you want. This has, uh, included in this cost is uh, much better insulation throughout everything, making it more sound efficient, uh, AV integration, expanding and finishing some of those projects. And the cost of that will be about $150,000. But what it does is it gives us a significant amount more foyer space, uh, opportunities for us to uh, not be on top of each other the whole time. Phase four. Office wing restructure. This is, this is only $125,000. Doesn't $125,000 feel like nothing next to $2.2 I feel like it's... <laughs> office wing restructure. This is... Uh, I'm really excited about this because off the Devon entrance, what we would do is build a new double-door glass entrance, a canopy over that, because as you're coming in off that side, you feel like you need an entrance there, and we want to create another welcoming pathway into the church from that end. And so the majority of the cost is going to go there, but we're going to redo and retrofit all of the classrooms and all of the offices on that side. So we'll still have the same office layout, but we're going to redo all of the insides, integrate AV um, better into each of those, and then build a new entrance with a canopy off of that Devon entrance. Now, phase five is technically not a part of this campaign, but some of you are going to ask, um, what happens when we run out of parking because the parking addition you're making isn't big enough? Well, when we get there, we'll deal with it, but at least we'll show you the picture that we have the option of building parking northeast on the south side of the parking lot. Um, and so you can see an even larger extended parking down there. So we have plans to adjust and to shift as we go. But the, the total cost of the four phases is, thank God, not $2.2 million, but $900,000. And we believe that all of the resources resident to do this are currently in the village church. Maybe not in this moment at this time, um, but what we want to do is enter into a three-year giving campaign that will allow us, as money comes in, to address each one of these needs. And so the first thing that we really need to address is our parking lot in May. Um, our desire is that through one-time gifts and through pledges that we can get that funded so that blight can be taken off of us and we can now actually create that experience that will actually allow people to park and that will be up to date and no longer do people have to say, is this a closed down Kmart? We don't want that anymore. So here's our ask. Here's some details with this. We want to ask, would you go home and would you genuinely fast and pray over what the Lord would have you do? One of the greatest investments that any of us can make is into the local church and into the kingdom of God. And I understand how much money this is and how much we're asking. But we as a group of elders prayed over this, and we just really believe that this is how the Lord wants us to move. Uh, many of us have inherited, as we've said earlier, something that we did not sacrifice for and we did not build. And now we get to come alongside and we get to continue the next phase and the next generation of Village Church, and to create something that will bless people, let's be honest, we don't know their name, we've never seen their faces, but they're of infinite value to God, and we want to create a church where they fit. I want to talk to you about pledges. Here's how you can give. Um, first of all, um, a one-time gift uh, would be an incredible, incredible joy. Um, if we have enough one-time gifts, our desire again 
is to move forward so we can finish and execute on phase one of this. Obviously, a one-time gift can be given anytime, uh, but a one-time gift uh, so that we can get phase one and even phase two off the ground and running would be amazing. Our goal, again, is to start the parking lot <clears throat> in May of 2018. So we, we are about six or seven months away from being able to start that project. Uh, the second thing that we want to ask you to pray and fast about is a three-year pledge. Uh, a three-year pledge that is your way of saying maybe every week, every month, every quarter, every six months, or once a year, depending on how your income works, that you would commit and pledge to giving a certain amount of money on a regular basis. This would allow us to plan for the future um, so that we can figure out how and when projects should begin. Uh, but one of our desires for you is that you would do exactly what we said earlier. You would go home and you would pray and you would go before the Lord as a husband or a wife, as a single person, and say, God, what, what do you want? I want to be a part of this vision. This is my church. This is my home. I'm a, I'm a member here. Maybe you're not a member. You're a regular attendee, but you just you have a vision for what God has done in this place and what he can continue to do, and you want to be a part of that. So here's what's going to happen. We're going to be uh, accepting pledges between tomorrow, if you really are that quick at praying. I love it. Do it. Bring it on. Uh, and January 14th. And the reason of January 14th is because I believe on the 15th we have a congregational meeting where we're going to bring you all of the latest update and feedback on what's come in and, and how conversations have evolved. So here's what I want you to know. Pledges can be made in a couple of ways. It's very simple. Um, number one, when you leave here, you'll get a pledge card. Again, we didn't want to hand them out in the middle or put them at the table necessarily so you didn't feel like this was a trick. Oh, we're not going to ask you for money right now, and then you come and you feel guilty because you didn't give money. We didn't want to do that. All right, so, um, but you're going to get a pledge card on the way out, so you can just kind of see that, and here's what it looks like. Um, you can give by turning this in anytime. Uh, you can also go to our website or on our mobile app, and it will give you the opportunity to make a pledge or to give a one-time gift. You can also set up reoccurring gifts through PushPay. I don't know if you know that, um, but PushPay allows you to set up a reoccurring gift. So as you make a pledge, you actually can go right then and set up an automatic payment system that will ensure that the money you pledge actually comes in. Uh, we have a couple of favors to ask of you. Number one would be, you may not know this, but as you do give on PushPay, a small percentage of what you give is taken out and we don't see it. It would be a shame to raise $900,000 and to not see tens of thousands of dollars of that because we gave on a credit card rather than having it automatically drafted out of our account. So one of the things that we would ask of you is if you would avoid the credit card. I mean, if you do it, we're not going to judge you. Don't get me wrong. But if you can't avoid it, uh, you can go out and have that either drafted through push pay or you can go into your bank and do an automatic bill pay and they'll send that as quickly as possible. But that literally will save us tens of thousands of dollars across the board if we make that one little shift. Uh, so here's our next step. Uh, we are going to be having a congregational meeting on December 10th. We're going to deal with two things at our congregational meeting. Number one, our 2018 budget. And uh, I'm really happy to tell you that we so far are hundreds of dollars a week below budget in terms of our current year-to-date giving and our 2018 budget. And so we're trying to keep things slim on a, on a financial level because we, don't, we want to just be incredible stewards of every dollar that comes through our building. Uh, but we're also going to be fielding all of your questions that you could possibly have about this giving campaign. Uh, between now and then, or really any time, every one of our elders, deacons, and staff members are all familiar with this project, what's going on. They're all free to talk. If you have any ideas, questions, concerns, or things that you want to be a part of, um, please feel free. Come sit down with us at any time. It would be our absolute joy to hear what God has put on your heart. 